you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. Now here's this week's message. my little miracle child up here this my little grandbaby everybody say hello to miss charlie girl we i call her charlie girl but she's the sweetest thing in the world she is way better than any of y'all's babies just want to tell you that right now but she's been with me this weekend and we've had so much fun have we not had fun yes have we had fun I love my Charlie girl. But we just wanted to bring her up and show her to you guys real quick and let you see my grandbaby, how beautiful she is. And don't let her beauty intimidate your kids' beauty. It's just there are some that are the most prettiest babies in the world, and this is the one right here. So this is my little Charlie girl. Say hello, Charlie. She said hello. All right, let me get her grandma. There she goes. Hello. <laughs> say hello. Uh, all right, we say bye bye. Say bye bye. Bye bye. Well, I just wanted to bring her up today. We are so blessed to have such a wonderful, wonderful grandbaby. It's been a wonderful weekend for us. I've had all my kids here, Austin and Abigail and Avery, Miss Natalie and little Charlie has been with us all weekend. We've had a good time. And uh, had a fun time. And Miss Charlie gets to finally hear her granddaddy preach. And I'm sure she's going to think it's the best in the whole wide world. Before I get into the sermon today, it is Veterans Day. If you're a veteran, if you've served in the military or are serving in the military, would you do me a favor? Would you stand today? We would like to acknowledge you. If you've served or are serving in the military. Man. On behalf of Compassion Church and all that are here, to you, we say thank you for your service and for your commitment to our country. We say thank you guys so much for all you've done and the blessing you are to us. You may be seated. We continue our sermon series today on Return to Cinder. Last week I, I talked some about generosity. I talk about being generous in our love, in our compassion, being generous in our giving. Last week I just talked about in, in general being generous, that we as believers are called to be a generous people, to be there for one another, to love one another, care about one another. And sometimes it's a phone call in the middle of the night of someone who's hurting and going through something and just you being willing to listen. Sometimes it's being generous to help somebody move or sometimes it's, it's being generous to let somebody borrow your car. Whatever it may be, we as men and women of God, especially if you go look at Acts chapter 4, we are called to be generous and especially generous with our love. The Bible says that the Commandments hang upon or hinge upon two great commandments, loving God and loving others. 
loving God and loving others. In other words, if I don't love God first and I don't love people second, God says the rest of commandments don't mean a thing. They fall flat on their face because it's out of love for God and love for others that we, as men and women of God, can do what God has called us to do. Today, I want to take that study on generosity to another level. I want to move beyond just being generous with our love and our compassion and our mercy. I want to move beyond just being generous with our time and our talents. I want to move to a place now of learning to be generous with our finances. And I know, I know many times when we hear this in a church, well, they just want my money. I want to express something to you today. By the end of this sermon, I hope you understand something. I am not trying to get something from you. I am trying to get something to you. I promise you that. I will always trust in God and believe in God when it comes to my finances. I've been a tither all of my life. I've trusted in God in that area. I believe in God in my finances. If I'm going to trust God in everywhere else, if, if I'm going to live by the word of God everywhere else, then I'm also going to trust God in my finances. Let me read this passage to you out of Malachi chapter 3. And it says, I, the Lord, do not change. I want you to hear that. Because in a few moments, I'll hit on a subject to where there are many Christians today that don't believe in tithing. They think that is under the law. That is Old Testament. It's under the Mosaic law. We're under Christ's law, a new law. It doesn't apply to us anymore. But I want you to hear there's a reason. I've learned this. There is a reason why God puts certain things in the Scripture. And right here in Malachi chapter 3, verse 6, he begins this part by saying this, I do not change. The Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I do not change, so you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Did you hear that? He says, one, I don't change. The second is, what I'm about to tell you will keep you from finding destruction in your life. It'll keep you blessed. It'll keep you protected. Now listen to this. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. The Israelites were bad for following God. Something got bad. They cried out to God. God, <laughs> come and help us. We're in trouble. <laughs> was that ugly looking? It was, wasn't it? But then they would, God would come back, bless them, take care of them, and guess what they'd do? They go back to the old way of life. They turn back to the old thing. So listen to what he says here. He says, return to me and I will return to you. There's an implication of if, then, when. God says, in other words, you've turned away from me. I want you to hear me. Jesus Christ has already come your way because he died upon a cross for you. He's made the first step. He has opened the door. But there's also a moment in your life where you've got to realize as a believer, you can't sit your lazy butt back waiting for God to come to you. He's already come to you. You've now got to make some steps to him. He says, return to me, and I will return to you. Will a mere mortal rob God? I can imagine right now as they're hearing this, they're like, whoa, whoa, hey, God, whoa. No, I ain't going into the temple or the tabernacle. I ain't going in there and stole anything. I, God, hey, come check out. I, no. 
That's what he says. But you ask, how are we robbing you? He says in tithes and offering. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all nations will call you blessed. Let me say this. The blessing wasn't always just for you. God wants to bring blessings in your life so others see your blessings and then want to know about your God. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the word that we're about to receive. And Lord, I pray that every heart and every mind will be open to receive, God, what you've got in store. And let not one, not one, leave this service the same way that they came. But let it be blessed by your presence and your word. In Jesus' name, Lord, amen and amen. If you look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, it says this, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is, for where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. In other words, what he's saying here is, is for where you put your love, what is most important to you, he says, in other words, that's where your heart's going to be. Now, let, let me stop real quick because I know anytime it never fails, about once a year I'll speak on, on giving. That's about it, once a year. But it never fails, someone will come and get me. Why do we got to talk about money? Why do we got to talk about tithes and offering? Why is it always about money? Because you suck at giving it, that's why. Let me just go and throw that out there. In America, Christians in America, as far as tithing, and I'll talk about in a few moments what it is, 2.5% of Americans tithing. 2.5% of Christians in churches tithe. 2.5%. That's sad to me. Because see, God's called us to be a generous people. Look in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. So how we give is what we get back, okay? Amen. In other words, he puts it this way. You go out and you give sparingly. You hold on to it. Don't give much. He said, great, fine, but that's what you can get back. He said, if you give generously, he said, then I want you to know, generously, God will bless you and bring abundance in your life. So, there's three things I want to talk about as we looked at Malachi today that I want to tie into us as believers. The first is this. The tithe is returning to God. Right there, let me stop. The tithe is returning to God. Remember what he said. 
Return to me and I will return to you. God wants all of you. Every bit of you. Every ounce of you. He doesn't want 99.99% of you. He wants all of you. So why do we talk about giving once a year? Let me explain. There are more scriptures in the Bible about giving and money than any other topic in the scriptures. In fact, let me, I guess, kind of give you some statistics here that will maybe help you a little bit to understand when we talk about it. Jesus taught more about money than he did heaven or hell combined. Jesus taught more about money than he did heaven or hell combined. Nearly 25% of Jesus' words dealt with biblical stewardship. There are over 2,000 scriptures on tithing money and possessions in the Bible. That's double the reference of faith and prayer combined. If the Bible talks about generosity, giving, and finances, I have a question. Why don't we? Why don't we? But we'll leave it out because what we've done is, is for some it's one way or the other. For one side, it's what we call the prosperity preachers. That they go out and preach that if you give, God's going to make you a millionaire. If you, if you give, then God's going to give you a Cadillac. Years ago, a pastor gave away his car. After he gave away his car, God blessed him, gave him a brand new car. He was not only a pastor, but he was also a president of a Bible college. Well, that next week, most of the Bible college students started giving away their cars. He went before the students the next Sunday and said, I am begging of you, stop giving away your cars. I gave mine to a person that needed it because her cars broke down, couldn't get it fixed. I wasn't expecting anything in return and God blessed me with a new car. Some of you are gonna be riding bicycles to class. Unfortunately, many times we make about what God does, but what God's trying to do is, he says, I want you to return to me with everything you got. See, God doesn't want you to hold anything back. God doesn't want you to hold back your marriage. God doesn't want you to hold back your job. God doesn't want you to hold back your children. God wants you to give everything to him, trusting him with it. But there's one thing we can't seem to do. It's our money. I see some of you when the offering plate comes around. That, that, that usher has to wrestle that, that money out of your hand. Because you're like, oh, oh, I don't know if I can let it go. Now, the Bible says if that's the way you're going to give, don't give. He doesn't want it. He said God loves a cheerful giver. God wants you to give out the abundance of your desire to please your God. So if you will give cheerfully, God is blessed by that and God loves that. But here in Malachi, what had happened is the people had turned from God. They had walked away from God. And God says, I want you to come back. You return to me, I'll return to you. Now, there's so many areas that God could have brought up your sinful nature, your lustful desires, your following idolatry and other gods. But look what God chooses to discuss first. He said, return to me. Well, how do we return to you? Stop robbing me. Whoa, we're robbing you? Well, hey, God, that's a pretty big accusation. He said, how are we robbing you? He says, with your tithes and offering. Oh, Yeah. We forgot about that. We haven't been doing that. Why did God choose in Malachi chapter three to make the first thing he talked about returning to him instead of about sin or lust or whatever else is going on? Why did God choose money? 
So let me say this to you. Let me see your bank account, and I'll tell you about your faith. Let me see what you're giving to. I'll tell you whether you're trusting God or not. See, in other words, what God was saying was, listen, if I can get you to trust me with your money, hey, I'll get you to trust me about anything. If you'll start learning to give financially, which is, you know why God spends so much time talking about money, finances, and giving? Because he knows you struggle with it. As a leader, I teach people that you've got to at least uh, repeat something four to seven times for someone to, rem- to remember it. Jesus, God, came and said, i got to say it over 2,000 times for you to understand it, for you to get it. Because with what you withhold from me can't be blessed by me because I can only bless what is done according to my word. So he says to the children of Israel, it's simple. Come back and start paying your tithes, your offering, to the local storehouse, to the tabernacle, the temple. Start paying your tithes. If you'll start doing that, God says, as you return to me, then I can return to you because I know what becomes important in your life and what you withhold from me. See, as we start this sermon series about generosity, I want you to understand it really was never about the money. It was about your faith, your trust, your belief in God. That's what he says, return to me. Really what God was saying is, is, will you trust me? Will you believe in me? Will you have faith in me? Well, let's see. Let me give you the first place that we can test it. The first place that we can find out, let's try it with your money. Well, I'm gonna tell you what, I'm gonna come to church. I'm gonna get my life right. I'm gonna start doing this. I'm gonna start doing that. But I'm just not gonna trust God with my money yet. That one little string that you're holding on to that you won't give to God, what will eventually happen is something's going to pull on that string and everything's going to come crumbling down. Because God says, what you withhold from me becomes a, a, a virus in your life. What you withhold from me becomes that opening in your life that will allow the enemy to come in and bring doubt, distrust, and because of that, you won't return to God. See, God wants all of us. See, God wants us to, to be prepared in our finances. I, I preached a wedding yesterday, and I came a little bit late. I was taking care of my daughter's car, and it took longer than I thought, and I literally got here four minutes before the wedding. Four minutes. I've never done that before in my life. And I walked in, and I'm in disarray, and I'm sweating. My mind isn't where it's supposed to be. I get up here, and I'm doing the wedding, and I'm still just trying to get my mind focused. And I came to a place, and I was supposed to say something about... Uh, what was it, honey? Yeah, I was about to say, you can kiss your bride. I was trying to, you know, hold it out longer to make it funny. And I said, the moment in the, and I was saying, the moment in the ceremony you've been waiting for, I said, the moment in the, and my mind goes blank. And I'm like, the moment in the uh, marriage, oh, you're not married yet, oh. <laughs> the, 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 the moment in the, the, the plan, The, the, the groom and the bride are looking at me like, I never did get out of ceremony. And then to make it worse, at the end, I said their name wrong. I said, I'd like to produce, and now present to you Mr. and Mrs. Sawyer in the name of Sawyer. And I said, Sawyer. And they turn around and go, Sawyer. I said, your marriage ain't working anyway. Get off the stage. That's not what I said. I believe in them. I really do. 
Say, I wasn't prepared and like I should have been because I got here late. And see, God knows whatever that part of our marriage, I mean marriage, our life that we hold back, God knows we're not prepared. And if we're not prepared, it's not going to work out. So what is a tithe? Number two, write this down. The tithe is returning to God what belongs to God. The tithe is returning to God what belongs to God. Let, let me give you an example. Come here, Randy. Come here. Come here. I'm going to use Randy. Randy goes, huh? Just come on up, Randy. No need to talk. No, no, no. Just come on up, Randy. Randy's your wallet in your back pocket? You got a wallet in your back pocket? Okay. All right. Listen. Now, what you, look at this. Look at this. That is a man that's got financial distrust issues. Can I, can, will that come off there? Okay. So what I do is I ask Randy for some money. And Randy is an a, he said, I, I don't have time right now. Here, just take my wallet. Oh, yes. Jackpot. And he said, here, hey, just take my wallet and, and, and take what you need and, and, and then just give it back to me when you're done. I said, okay. And what well, time goes on and I took out and there's, Man, there's some money in this wallet. Anyway. And I, I, I take what I want out of the wallet. And, and then finally, you know, really, I only need 20 bucks. I say, hey, Randy, can I borrow 20 bucks? He said, yeah, yeah, here's my wallet. Just take $20 out of there and you can have it. Just leave the rest and I'll give it back to me. But when I come back and give Randy his wallet, it's all gone. <laughs> what? What's take your money, you distrustful man. Get out of here. Now, Randy was nice enough to say, hey, here's my wallet. Just take out the 20 you need. It's yours. But when Randy gets the wallet back, what do I do? I keep all of it. See, God, actually, it all belongs to God. Every bit of money in this world, every bit of money you make, it belongs to God. But God's willing to say, here's my wallet. You can keep, listen, you can keep the 90% of it. He goes the other way. You can keep the 90% of it. But when you give that wallet back, I want that 10% still in there. It belongs to me. That's all I'm asking for. Now, what the audacity I would have to take his wallet and take it all and to give it back to him. See, so we do the same thing to God. We take his money. It all belongs to him. Now, let's talk to somebody about a tithe. What, what was the tithe for? Let me tell you what the tithe is not for. You ready? What the tithe isn't. It's not required for salvation. Amen. Let me make that known. The tithe is not required for salvation. It has nothing to do with salvation. It's not required to experience God's love. Whether you pay your tithes or not, God still loves you. It's not required for God's grace. And it's sure not required to go to heaven. So any preacher that ever tells you that's lying to you. You can never buy your way into heaven. You can never buy God's grace. And you can for sure, for sure never buy God's love. But then what is the tithe for, Pastor? If you go look in Deuteronomy, it tells us that the tithe was a, what it meant. The word tithe, it means 10. In other words, let's make it simple and easy. A tithe is giving 10% of your income back to God. That's easy. It's that simple. You make $100, how much you give to God? You make $200? You make $300? You make $3,000? Okay, it's that simple. That's all God is saying. What you make, here's the thing though. Remember last week we talked about generosity? Generosity is an option. Tithing is not. 
Generosity is an option. Tithing is obedience. He says right here, you are robbing me. It belongs to me. Oh, pastor, well, you know, I, I just, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to disagree with you about that. Because, you know, that comes under the law. And, you know, because it's under the law, I'm under grace now. And he blessed Abraham saying, blessed be Abram by most, my most high creator, creator of heaven and of earth. And praise be to God most high who delivered your enemies into your hand. Then Abram gave a tenth of everything. Genesis 28, 20. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if you will be with me and you will watch over me on this journey, I am taken and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I will return safely to my father's household. Then the Lord will be my God and his stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house. Listen to this. And, and of all that you give, I will give a tenth. That is pre-law. That is pre-law. This is before the law has ever been given right here. So first of all, we say that it's under the law. Uh-uh, the tithe was before the law. Abraham did it to Melchizedek. Jacob did it. We find right here, we said, the Lord, if you'll bless me, I'll give a tenth back to everything you give me. The tithe was before the law. We find that it was in the law. Yes, you go back and look in Leviticus chapter 27 and Numbers chapter 18. In fact, we find out in the Old Testament, in the law, what the tithe was for. What was it for? It was for three purposes. It was for the priest, it was for the feast, and it was for the poor. It was for the priest. What would that be today? The staff. It was for the festivals. What was that for? That would be for the ministries and the building of the church. And then it was for the poor. Do you know why most churches, 80% of most churches in America don't even give to the poor? They can't financially afford it. Because we're not tithing like we ought to. If we would give like we're supposed to, according to God's word, we wouldn't have any in need in the body of Christ. God would take care of the church and God would take care of the poor if we as the church would learn to be good tithers. Yeah, but pastor, I get it. But yeah, yeah, you told me about in the Old Testament. You told me about under the law. But, but you know, pastor, it's not in the New Testament. That's a lie it is. In Matthew 23, 23, it says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and coming, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. Now listen to this. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. Amen. Jesus himself said you should have been tithing. The problem is you were tithing, but not showing mercy, grace, justice. Let me say this to you. If you're tithing but you're not loving people and showing people grace and mercy, your tithe don't mean nothing. But on the same token, you should be tithing. We also look here and it says in uh, Luke chapter 18, two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood beside him and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, and adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice so we can give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He, he would not even look up to the heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you, this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all those who humble themselves will be exalted. 
In other words, you should be tithing, but again, it comes back to your heart behind it. In other words, we're called to be generous. We're called to be givers. The Bible tells us that we're to be generous. So where do we start? Go back to the Old Testament. And the Old Testament tells us it starts with a tenth of our income. And the Bible says the truth of the case, if you made $100 today, only nine of that belonged to you. Ten of that belonged to God. And if you took that 100 and didn't give that 10 to God, what the Bible says is this, you are a robber. Look at your, look at your neighbor and say, don't be a thief. Look at your neighbor and say, don't steal from God. Look at your neighbor and say, give me your wallet. We learned that didn't work. I kept one of those $100 bills. He doesn't know about that. Proverbs 3, chapter 9 says this. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then, hear this, then your barns will be overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. In other words, God says, if you'll do this, I will do this. Return to me, I'll return to you. Give me a 10% of your income and I will bless your barns. I'll bless your accounts. I'll pour into your finances. I'll give you unexpected income. I'll give you raises. I'll give you promotions. I'll give you new jobs. If you'll trust and have faith and believe in me. Number three, and I'll close with this. Tithing means testing God to see what he will do when we return what belongs to him. Tithing means testing God to see what he will do when we return what belongs to him. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops. And the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land. Listen. One, God just wants us to return to him. He doesn't want us to hold anything back. He wants all of us and everything that we give to God, he is able to bless but he said, how do we return him? He said, return to me your tithe. Trust me in this area. Have faith. See, some of you right now, God is saying, I want you to have faith. To trust. To believe. And let's start with your finances. Will you trust me with it? Will you put it in my hands? See, don't get me wrong, yes, we are blessed as a congregation when we tithe. The church is taken care of. We're able to minister to the community, touch the lives of those around us. See, at the end of the day, me talking about tithing and generosity today is not about the church, but about you. It's about you putting faith in a God that will never let you down. Here's the only place in the scriptures where we find that God says, test me. Let, let me tell you what he means right here when he says, test me. He said, I dare you. 
bring it on. I am right now daring you to give me your 10% and watch and see what I'll do with it. He said, I will open up the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing so big your barns and your vats won't be able to hold it. If you'll trust me. See, really tithing is not about a money issue. Tithing is about a trust issue. Will you trust God? Pastor, you don't understand it. You, you don't understand my income, my money. I get it right now. Times are hard. I get it right now. We're in the middle of, a, of a inflation we haven't experienced in years. I get it. And I don't know if it's going down anytime soon. But the error that, what, the error that we will begin to neglect in these moments is God. Instead of saying, God, I'm going to give to you what belongs to you. Because if I'll give to you what belongs to you, then God, I'll know you will bless me and bring such a blessing to my life that my bank accounts won't be able to hold it. See, tithing is a trust issue. I've always been a tither. God has always blessed me. I'll never forget the kids may not remember we were living in Oklahoma City. I was pastoring a church there. We were tithing. Couldn't hardly afford to tithe. We just planted a church. The kids probably didn't know this, but one night we actually had no food and we had no food in the house. We had no money for groceries. I didn't know what we were going to do that night. Me and Laura were praying. There may have been some ketchup in the refrigerator. I don't know. I guess we could have given them ketchup sandwiches. But I remember praying that night and I said, God, you made a promise to me that if I tithe, and Lord, I've tithed, I've given, and I've believed. Getting toward supper time that night, all of a sudden we hear this. We're knocking on the door. And there was a friend of ours outside with a bag and bag and bag of groceries. I don't know if they remember this. They were probably too small. We had not told anybody because I was probably a little bit too prideful. We had not let anybody know. But that knock came on the door that night. No, it wasn't a whole bunch of money. No, it wasn't the extra. But it was what we needed at that moment. Because we trusted in our God. One more story and I'll close with this. Me and Laura had just gotten in the ministry. I don't know if she would remember this, but we had to pay a bill the next day. I was pastoring a church making $280 a week. I was rolling in the dough. We had a bill to pay the next day. They were going to shut something off, I'm sure. That night, I was up to probably about 12 or 1 in the morning praying on my knees. God, you please got to come through. Finally went on to bed. I said, God, there's nothing else I can do. I'm just going to have to trust you. We were tithers. We were paying our tithes. The next day we get up and in our mail, there was a check for $167. I will never forget. I thought, now God, you can at least go on to 200. At least make it 170. Give me like, you know, $3 left over for a, for a drink. But, but God literally gave us a check the next day for the exact amount we did. It's like 167 
See, I'm telling you, God will always come through when you always come through for him. That's the God we serve. I want you to bow your head, close your eyes. If you're struggling being generous in your tithes and offering to God, but you know he deserves it, but you want to be better about it, then I want you to raise your hand right now. Yes, God, I pray for every hand that is raised. And I ask in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that you would bless them right now. Let them become givers, generous with their tithes and with their offering. And I pray, Lord, right now in Jesus' name, bring increase in their life. Now I want you to look at me real quick. If you see in your seat, uh, there's a little card. If you're really, I saw a lot of hands raised. If you really meant what you said, then let's put God to the test. He said, test me and see if I won't bless you. Okay, let's test him. There's a little card in your seat, and this is what I want you to do. I want you to fill out this card, and this is what you're going to do. Say, Pastor, for the next three months, I'll promise to tithe. 10% of my income. If you make that promise, here's the promise I make back to you. You ready? You're going to think I'm crazy and out of my mind. If you will promise a tithe for the next three months and you were not blessed in the next three months, I'll give you your money back. What? I will. I've been doing this now for about six years and I've never had to give anybody's money back. I had a woman one year tell me that. She said, I'm telling you, you're going to give me my money back. She said, I've never tithed. I don't believe in tithing. I think it's stupid. I said, okay. She said, but just to prove you wrong, I'm going to do it. Three months she tithed. She never asked my money back. That's how God blesses. So this is what I want you to now, now here, Listen, because I know some of you. You ready? You got to find some, some way that we know you tithe. All right, you can go pop up three months later and we ain't got no record and say, hey, I tithe for three months. You owe me $6,000. No, that ain't working. That ain't going to happen. You got to put on the envelope. You got to make it a check or a credit, something like that. But this, I promise you, for three months, if you tithe and God doesn't bless you, I'll give it all back to you. Any other church ever told you that? That's how much I believe in tithing. That's how much I believe in giving. God has always blessed me. I've given away three cars. God's blessed me with three cars. I've always been a giver, and God's always blessed me back. I'm asking you to trust me today and to trust God's word. For the next three months, I'm asking you to tithe. Now, let me say this, and I'll talk about this next week, okay? A tithe means the first fruits. The first fruits means before you pay a car payment, mortgage, anything, you pay your tithes first. Why? Because God can only redeem what God gets first. If you pay your tithes after you paid all your bills, that's not a tithe, and God can't bless that. I'm asking you as a church to trust me in this. And listen, let me be honest. I don't ever want us as a church to struggle financially. I'm tired of it. We've been struggling. Inflation has hit this church hard. We went through corona and never had one problem with finances. This last, since the midsummer, we've been struggling financially. But I am not doing this about that. I'm doing this because I want you to be blessed beyond measure, pressed down, shaken together, 
running over. Amen. Amen. I want you to stand with me. Do me a favor. Those cards, this is what I want you to do. I want you to fill them out before you leave today. I want you to come put them on the altar. You're going to place them on the altar before you leave, okay? Because we're going to pray over them today and pray that God blesses them. Bow your head one more time. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I want to introduce you to my Lord. He's the Lord of your life, Lord of my life. If you say, Pastor, I don't know if I were to die today whether I'm going to heaven or hell. I want you to know today, you could know where you're heading. All you have to do is admit that you're a sinner and need of God's grace and love. Believe that he's the son of the living God, died on a cross, rose on the third day. And with your mouth, confess him, Lord of your life, he shall be saved. If you're here today and you'd like to give your heart and life to Christ, you'd like to set him as Lord and Savior, no one's looking, I want you to raise your hand right now. Is there anybody? Amen. Is there anybody else? Amen. Anybody else? I've had three raise their hand. Will you give God praise? I want all of you, not just the three, but all of you to say this prayer with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Three new names have been written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Say, Dear Jesus, I invite you to my heart and into my life. Forgive me of all my sins and all my ways. I repent and I come to you and ask you to be the Lord and Savior of my life forever and ever. Amen. Give God praise. We are so happy that you joined us today. Here at Compassion, we value family, which means we value you. If there's any way that we can be praying for you and believing with you for something, please make sure that you let us know. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you here next Sunday. Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc.